Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. So we have some exciting news. Um, We are going to be doing a new interactive podcast episode where we talk about UFO interactions with you, the listener. You can go ahead and check out, listed in the bio, I have a number you can call, leave a message, and I can take that and put it on air or transcribe it, or you can email. So check the bio, give us a call. We're going to be putting in this information probably in the next week or two or maybe a month, depending on how people are going to call. So call in if you have any questions about UFOs. If you have any things you would like for me to answer on UFOs, or if you have any theories on UFOs, and if you have any um, first-hand, second-hand, any interaction, please give a call. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Master of None. Thank you guys so much for listening and all of your support. If you want to help this podcast, please like, follow, and leave a comment on Apple iTunes. I read them all, and I appreciate all of the support. For most of my listeners, you know this has been a podcast going on for 365 days, and I've hit that mark. So I'm trying to find the right type of line for podcasting. If it's three week, three times a week, four times a week, just trying to hit a happy median, really, in order to provide good content at the same time of not always focusing on providing something every single day. With that being said, um, I want to go ahead and hop into an interesting topic that I had a chance to listen to as it relates to UFOs and Dr. Steve career. So let's get into it. So first and foremost, um, I want to say that, you know, I've been listening to the Sean Ryan podcast and I think it's a really good podcast. He seems to have a really good um, pedigree of guests ranging from Delta operators to whistleblowers to people like Steve Greer. And I think whenever we get into podcasts as a whole, like there's certain kinds, and I think there's ones that kind of reflect and then ones that kind of interview. And the intention of this podcast really is to reflect on information like that, you know. And for the last year, you know, a majority of my content really focused on understanding the UFO or UAP phenomenon. If you are not familiar with my background, um, you know, one thing that's really interesting is even as a kid, when I was about four or five years old, I was. Uh, living on a farm in Arkansas, my family owned the farm, and as a result of it, there was cow mutilations. And the TV show Sightings came out, we were in the first season, and from there, like, I've always had a curiosity as it relates to UAPs or UFOs because of that. You know, it's it's a scenario where whenever a TV crew comes out and films mutilated cows on your property, and your parents can't even explain the phenomenon, it kind of leads this lasting impression on you as a child And, you know, and what's so crazy during this time is a lot of people in rural Arkansas that I knew would always talk about UFOs and UAPs. At that time, they were UFOs. And I had friends that were similar age that lived out in the country in the woods and they would see UFOs and UAPs. And if you guys have followed this podcast, you should know that. And I've also done a deep dive on the David Gresh um, whistleblower who worked for NGA and he worked for the Aero organization, which is the the organization within the DOD that is that is focusing, or in the Pentagon that's focusing on, um, categorizing, implementing, and developing a stream process to better 
I think, interpret the UFO data. So whenever we look at the story of UFOs as a whole, I always talk about puzzle pieces. And each episode I've done or each podcast I've done hopefully has led the listener, y'all, with a puzzle piece to kind of put together your own interpretation of it because of of the, the of what it is. You know, I think people have seen UFOs. I think I looked at one study and I think it said one in every 10 people claim they've seen UFOs. And as we kind of go through this whole point with the congressional hearings and what's happening on the Hill, um, or, you know, we can determine that it is a real, um, it's a real thing. Now, whenever we get into kind of the, the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, I'm focusing on a couple things. You know, the first thing that was really interesting to me as related to the podcast with um, Sean Ryan and Dr. Greer, Greer, episode 65, is they were going into providing some understanding of the this this program that's happening within the um, United States. And he said it was not even in the black book or the black um, budget that the president has access to. It was in offshoots of that that people were able to fund this program. And it's a really small circle. And he's saying that there's different um, um, government contractors like Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, all of these that potentially could have UFOs, you know, and that's what he's indicating. Now, whenever we look at this story, I think probably one of the things that stuck out to me just because of the nature of it is electromagnetic pulse weapons or EMTs. Now, whenever we think of EMTs, it's really important to first clarify this is a natural phenomenon that, has to, that happens in nature. For example, it can happen with solar flares, things that hit Earth, hit the planet. You know, they can, what it can do is it can scramble electrical grid systems, override them, and kind of fry them, if you will, the equivalent of the DDoS attack, which happens if you're doing it. But that's, I digress, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, so we think about that and we think about, you know, EMPs being able to be classified or understood as it relates to the nuclear weapon. So, why are we talking about EMPs? Well, I think it's a really interesting topic because of how David Greer gets into it. But first, I kind of want to give some overview of EMPs, where they are in the current state as it relates to technology, and what David Greer says the government's doing with them, which I find very fascinating. A panel of experts at the Universal Peace Federation has now issued a warning on the growing threat of EMP or electromagnetic pulse weapons. Such an attack can knock out virtually all communications and other critical services of countries in a matter of minutes. For long, experts have warned that key electrical infrastructure in the United States remains particularly vulnerable to an electromagnetic pulse attack. Or so EMP. this is like a, it's not, an, it's a not a new threat, but it's been known about. I think I first went to a actual, randomly enough, I ended up in a EMP kind of um, get together for different people within the industry of government contracting. That time I was trying to look for a job and I found myself there talking to individuals, interacting face to face, but there was a lot of um, concern for EMPs. I did not get a job from that, but it was definitely a great learning experience. And so from that, I, I don't, it's not, I guess a conference I sat on and I learned a lot about different issues. And one of it is the vulnerability of electric grids and, you know, the reason why we talk about it is the development of this weapon has been something known about for a while. And what's really interesting is who is currently 
looking into it. Now, the reason why we, you're probably like, why are you talking about EMPs? Um, it's really, I think, a good point to first understand that, you know, when David, when Do- I'm sorry, when Dr. Greer talks about this black, black, double black um, operation happening within these government contractors, he refers to this point in time I find really fascinating as it relates to the EMP attack. And he's saying that, you know, the potential government contractors are an isolated group and they're using this technology. Well, you know, back in 2015, they kind of, um, Boeing had their first introduction into this technology. Powered microwave known as the advanced missile program. project. This animation shows a simulated weapon flying over selected targets, hitting them with high power radio wave bursts and defeating their electrical and data systems without causing injury or collateral damage. But it was no simulation Tuesday over the Utah Test and Training Range, where Boeing and the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory's Directed Energy Directorate successfully flew the first fully operational CHAMP weapon. We hit every target we wanted to. We prosecuted everyone. Today we made science fiction science fact. This video, recorded during an earlier test, shows what CHAMP is capable of. Watch the computer screens in this office as the Directed Energy hits the building. While the computers were knocked out, there is no structural damage. Fade to black. So this is happening at the Utah test site where they're implementing this CHAMP program. Now, whenever we look at it, that recording was taken back in 2015. And they had this state-of-art system that could come in and scramble data centers. And what's happening with the EMP attack like this is it's not going to affect humans. But what it can do is it can create a system to knock out the power. And knocking out the power can obviously create pandemonium if you hit the right environment. And it's also being developed by the Air Force Research Lab with Boeing. And if you're not familiar with familiar with AFRL, they do a lot of research study into different things, performance enhancing, how to get more into technology, etc. And they're located in 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 different bases, like right by Patterson Air Force Base and out in Utah, but the program is known as for the Counter Electric High Power Microwave Advanced Missile Program. Now, back in 2015, this was the story. So, the reason why I'm getting into this is I really want to create this kind of precedence of, of what is being said by Dr. Greer and the technology as it relates to today. Now, this is still being used and it's being deployed by the B-2 missile. Now, this is just in a missile system. I can't really you know, confirm or deny anything about it other than what's being said online from what I'm reading. And when I look at it, it just looks like it's a missile system. I can't see if it's being deployed in anywhere else. And it's really not a kinetic weapon the same way we know weapons if we think about, you know, fire firearms weapons or explosives, things like that, an incendiary device. You know, this is something that's very unique. And like I said, it occurs in nature. So the reason why that's important is I'm going to go ahead and say what Dr. Greer said as it relates to a certain time EMP was used in order to stun a UFO. A man on our team who was on a retrieval operation initially for conventional aircraft for their classified components, and then he got read into an operation retrieving the man-made ones, which blew his mind. He was on one operation where we stunned one of these extraterrestrial vehicles, and it didn't crash. It got stunned and landed out there on the range, and they were moved in in helos to uh, retrieve it. Uh, It began to come back to life, and uh, an opening came out of it, and it looked like a fruit roll-up came down, and a couple of 
extraterrestrials emerged, that he had, he literally was in three or four feet of them. But what happened is that at that point, that craft was being checked by uh, helicopters in the air as well as one of these ARVs. This thing began to sort of glow at reddish and come to life. Boom, our aircraft took off. Now the boots on the ground there and the choppers on the ground, after a few minutes, they were all, I know this sounds like Star Trek, they were all teleported back to the helo. So if, if you're not following that, um, that's why when I heard it, I had to take a little bit more of a deep dive because he's not really talking about EMPs within there, but that's really what he's describing. And what he's saying is that at the same site in Utah where, where potential the CHAMP program was tested by Boeing, coincidentally, I don't know, you know, check the correlation on that, that this capability is actually being used to target UFOs in order to stun them. Now, whenever I heard that, I kind of like stopped for a minute and I was like, you know, what he's saying is that there's two programs happening. There's one program where the United States has potential UFO technology, where they're able to reverse engineer what they've had before in the past. Each government contractor has their own attempt at this um, military contractor, which is interesting. And then the next part of it is really getting into the aspect of talking about the, the next phase, which is he's saying that potentially there's MP, EMP um, capabilities within whatever capabilities we have that are able to target UFOs in order to stun them in order to do these retrieval programs. Now, whenever you hear that, I mean, I don't know about you, but it really took me to be like, you know, this is either, you know, whenever you break this down, you know, I don't, I'm not saying, I don't necessarily like, I don't adhere to everything he's saying. I feel like whenever these types of situations happen, take it with a grain of salt. We know Dr. Greer has been doing this for 30 years. Originally was an e, uh, ER doctor working in emergency um, medicine. And now he has been working and he's working on disclosure and he's interacting with a lot of whistleblowers. Within this interview, he even goes on to say he's a, he has over 750 whistleblowers that indicate they've had some type of situation. And I've talked about the other whistleblowers on this podcast as it relates to Sean Ryan, because some of them are a little bit out there. And, you know, just, just dissecting the information as it relates to what he said in that moment, I think really goes to show that if there is a retrieval program going on and we're actually using EMPs, um, the, the, the situation is we are using them currently now. We have them. Now, can we target a UFO that's using anti-gravity technology in order to stun them. If that is the capabilities, that is insane, literally out of this world. And I could not even comprehend that because, you know, guidance systems are obviously set up. I don't know anything, you know, just from my read or what I've done research, but guidance systems have the ability to zero in and hit missiles. Or if you think about something like Iron Dome, which is used by the Israelis whenever um, the Palestinians are doing rocket attacks or whatever, whoever's doing rocket attacks. And you look at that capability and it's really expensive. And you look at this, which is the EMP, which naturally occurs in nature. And if, so, if a group of people can sh shoot a UFO to stun it in order to retrieve it, I mean, that is probably one of the most complex things I've heard as it relates to what's being said on the Sean Ryan podcast or any other podcasts related to it that has some validity. I don't know how much, you know, I can't determine it. All I can do is just provide you the facts and let you determine it. 
as it relates to putting more puzzle pieces together in this whole saga of UFO whistleblowers in the current time period we're living in because it's very unique and it's very interesting. So I want to thank you so much for listening and I will get back to you when I get back to you. Thank you so much. This has been a Master of None production.